The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. You're listening to In The Corner with Benny Mac. Unfiltered, uncensored and unforgiving. Here's the man in the corner, Benny Mac. It is In The Corner. This is Benny Mac. This is the 38th episode of the weekly shows. No bonuses included in that one. Uh, We are smashing through these episodes, to be honest with you. It's insane. Joining me across the pond to talk some film noir style (laughs) rumble, the way it ended anyway, Mr. Tyler Peters joins me once again. How are you, Tyler? Benny, I am doing fantastic as always. It's an awesome time to join you, my friend. Royal Rumble, man. <laughs> one minute, <coughs> pardon me, one minute we were waiting for it. The next minute it's done and dusted. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, where, where, uh, where does the time go, man? <laughs> uh, the time goes by very quick, and uh, the Royal Rumble delivered. It was uh, a very exciting show, and I, I can't wait for us to break it down and, and talk about it. And it's just hard to believe it. it's already over when speaking of Rumble and the road to WrestleMania draws ever near to L.A. Hollywood SoFi Stadium, and we got Elimination Chamber coming up. So I, I can't wait, man. It, so let's just do this thing. I, I'm pumped. I mean, in terms of what happened at the Rumble, um, I'm very actually excited to see Raw tonight. That's a point I need to mention. Some of you may notice it is Monday, and we're doing In the Corner purely because we could not wait to talk about the Royal Rumble and it makes sense for Raw and try and do shorter uh, what is it what's it what's the saying uh, uh, off, often <laughs> I don't know I can't remember the saying yeah, often. no that, that that's the the proper word often because you know in the corner delivers folks <laughs> I mean you I want merchandise and you, you want uh, Benny Mac over in the UK talking to this uh, guy from Tennessee named Tyler Peters he discovered him and and so uh, all the royalties will go to Benny Mac. I, I just want to tell you. <laughs> well, they go to Sai actually, because Sai was the one that uh, <laughs> discovered you, I think, or recommended you. So well, either way, well, well, Sai did. So yeah, l- let me add Sai. Thank you, Benny, because uh, <laughs> I, I don't want any kind of uh, legal disputes from Sai Pal. I, I, I want to be on his <laughs> network, so I better stay in his good graces. Nah, so Sai, if you're nah. listening, which I'm sure he will be. Uh, we we did mention you just out of respect because we acknowledge you. That that's what we're saying. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, little and often is what I was trying to say. By the way, that's the words I was trying to say. Um, but I figured I knew what you were trying yeah, to say. Yeah, I knew what I was trying to say, but I just couldn't say it. But uh, you know, instead of doing Raw and Rumble <laughs> together and trying to dilute it a bit more and trying to get like a massive mammoth one, we thought we'd uh, talk Rumble, just Rumble, and then we'll be back Wednesday talking Raw like we normally do. And whatever else is going on in the crazy world of WWE. But um, yeah, overall, there was a question asked on social media, Tyler, actually, that I responded to on some other, you know, some of the guys on there. And it was like, what what did you think of the Rumble overall? And I, you know, what do you rate it? And I don't rate, we don't rate on this show, really. We just talk about it, what we like, what we don't like, and that's it. But I said, without the ending and the match at the end and the ending of how Rumble went off the air, I give it a good solid eight. But with the ending, and the bloodline and Sammy and everything that went down, uh, a solid nine to be honest. Overall, a pretty pretty good show. I was expecting a few more surprises in the rumbles, but you know, do you know what? 
the ending more than made up for that. Oh, it did. I, I agree. I think, you know, eight would be a fair rating, but just like you mentioned, uh, the ending and the men's Royal Rumble match, the women's Royal Rumble match, if nothing else, uh, salvaged and uh, actually improved the overall uh, scale of the show. So I, I concur, my friend. I, I think it was uh, deserves a high rating, and uh, I love the polling idea. And, hey, listen, some things will uh, take it over the top, in a good way, and just like you explained, that that's what happened. The ending, the uh, each Royal Rumble match, respectively, uh, accomplished that. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's, I mean, a lot of people are weirdly a lot of people are sort of they're they're not annoyed, but they're obviously because I think it was we all knew Cody. I say we all knew, we all guessed that Cody was going to win the Rumble. But if we look at that men's Rumble match, Gunther. I think was made in that match, to be fair. If we look at anybody else, let's look away from Cody for a moment. Gunther, starting from number one, and even at the end when it came down to Cody and Gunther, put on like a match for about at least five to ten minutes. And was... Oh, they did. I want to see Gunther versus Seth. I want to see Gunther versus Cody. There's so many other names I should have written them down, but there were so many people that Gunther now, came face to face with. Gunther versus Brock Lesnar. I mean, yeah, oh my god, yeah. How did I forget about that? So yeah, there's there's so many. It would not surprise me, and I know this is a long this is a long way to go to even to suggest this. If we don't see Gunther win the title this year, we could see Gunther possibly win the Rumble next year. I, and I'm going to go there now. I know we're a full twelve months away from that, but that would make sense to me. No, it, it does make sense to me. I I love the logic that you're bringing up. And yeah, Gunther, to me, got the shine, man. He got that, that established rub. We talked about Raw 30, uh, but right here, man, Gunther lasting. Uh, I can't recall the exact time, but I mean, he it was, you know, him and Cody to end the match. And the confrontations, uh, like you said, the dream matchups you could get, you know, in storyline as well. Uh, Gunther, we're all big supporters of his, but this just uh, highlighted him in an even greater light, especially over here to the American audience as well as the UK and internationally because on a more global scale, with all due respect to the NXT success, I mean, that is one of the uh, few wrestlers that e even under the Vince McMahon administration that they got correct, and Cody was another illustration of that. So it's fitting that they kind of you know, ended the uh, men's Royal Rumble match in the way Triple H has booked this thing was just remarkable. So major respect, mad props to all the competitors, but especially Gunther, the Intercontinental Champion, the in-ring general. I love it. I just, what can you say about Gunther that hasn't already been said? You nailed it. Nailed it completely. Yeah, I agree. Um I mean, we're talking about the men's. It was the first match on the card, which surprised me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Um, I, I'm not saying the men's should end the show, but because the pay-per-view is called Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble for me right. should be the last match. But considering everything, in, in the moment, I was like, really? It's first? But um, compared to how the pay-per-view was structured, how it ended and everything, um it just make it makes sense now, obviously on the face of it. But when you initially react to something, you're like, "Why is this first? But actually, it made perfect sense to start it off um, the way they set it up. So number one and number thirty were, you know, left and stuff like that, which then followed on later on in the women's match. 
it was was really good to be honest so and I, I liked it i you know it, to me it was enjoyable uh but you're right you you kind of wonder why they're kicking off the uh the premium live event with the men's royal rumble match but i, I must say uh, I'm not hating it because of the results of what we got, just the competition, the in-ring yeah. action, the surprises, everything that I think any of us enjoy about the Royal Rumble concept. Uh, it's a it's a gentle reminder, hey, we need to cherish these kind of premium live events that were once called pay-per-views uh, that much more because that's what they give us. And it made up for, what was it, last year's Royal Rumble, that debacle. So it was, I was glad to see a lot more improvement this year. A lot more made sense. And I mean, as soon as Brock came out, I messaged a friend and I was like, I guarantee Bobby Lashley's coming out next. Boom, Bobby Lashley came out next. So, um, and I'm glad the way they did that as well. I said on my SmackDown show because we've seen Brock attack Lashley a couple of times at this point before Rumble. It's nice that Brock was in there first. Then we have Lashley come out and the fact that he eliminated uh, Brock and everything. So that's not over between them two. Um, my fr- it's not. And I, I love, like you, you pointed out, Benny, how the, the feuds, these rivalries made sense. Like Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar, like Gunther and Sheamus starting out the Royal Rumble. And, and you had Cody in there with Seth Rollins. You know, you had a lot of different ways you could tell that the uh, story, part of me. And it, it was all just uh, poetic in a sense. I mean, my mate of mine messaged me, NJB, NJB, who was on this show. I've got to get him back on at some point, especially when we're approaching a year of this show. But look, he messaged me saying, Logan Paul, really? Why? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, look, I don't really know much about Logan Paul outside of WWE. I know he does YouTube and podcasts, and he's highly successful. I don't necessarily like his outside-the-ring stuff. But in the ring, after that match with Roman at Crown Jewel, and that match, those two matches he had with Miz and tagging with Miz and stuff, the match against Roman Reigns for me, if this kid wants to do wrestling, um, he's a natural heel because of what he does. Most wrestling fans don't like him because he's not a wrestler in a sense of he's come through indies or been in the development system at WWE. He's coming, he's an outsider. But yeah. the, the spot between him and Ricochet, my mate messaged me said, Oh, why? And then he went, the next message read, I've got it here somewhere, um, but that was bloody awesome. So even he was like, has to admit, he doesn't like Logan Paul, but that's the the effort that he puts in the ring and the stuff he did with Ricochet. He was like, yeah, but that was cool. It was an incredible spot. I'm glad you uh, mentioned the Ricochet-Logan Paul uh, spot where they met each other off the top ropes and and Logan Paul and Ricochet were talking smack, that trash talk uh, prior to that happening and uh i think the fans even the commentators like Corey graves everybody they were standing they they were in amazement at i don't know that they even expected that to go down and yeah you can say what you want to about logan paul but it's like bad bunny there's certain celebrities that you kind of see through these guys at least respect the business and they take it seriously and they get into the gimmicks and what the characters should be and yeah he's a natural Heal because you you don't like the guy, but you can't deny that he can get the heat. And he he's actually turned out to be a, a pretty darn good worker in the ring. Yeah, I mean, Bad Bunny. I I mean, uh, <clears throat> pardon me. I never really. I, I'm aware that he's a uh, like a musical artist. Uh, is it rap or R and B or whatever? I don't really know. It's, it's rap. I, I, to be fair, I I didn't know a whole lot about Bad Bunny even here in the states because I'm 
it's nothing against certain uh, types of rap. I'm I'm not an aficionado, as they say, in that field or genre uh, regarding that type or style of music. But Bad Bunny, when he showed up with Damien Priest, I think it was WrestleMania in 2021, and, uh, you know, after the pandemic or kind of, you know, the latter stages of it where fans could attend in Tampa, uh, you know, I was impressed with uh, just how well he had trained it. That's why it's parallel to talk about him with Logan Paul, because the way those guys, you could see the training montages with whether it's Damian Priest or Shawn Michaels. I mean, these guys take it seriously, and they, they came away having a, a better understanding and a more meaningful respect for what these athletes have to do. And that made me just become a fan of them, even though I, I wouldn't normally be a fan of adding too many celebrities, but you know, that's always been a staple of WrestleMania and, and Royal rumble kind of leads you to WrestleMania. So I guess I can see why they would go that direction and have Logan Paul. Cause that, that still gives you a shock value with him coming out. I think it's hard to name celebrities that have come in that have fully committed to either a character or even just committing to the way it's done in the ring than Bad Bunny and Logan Paul. I mean, I could be wrong. Anybody let us know at In The Corner WWE on Twitter. But in terms of recent memory, there's nobody that's managed to achieve what those two have. And Bad Bunny, again, I didn't know who he was. I still haven't listened to any of his music. But when he turns up in WWE, I'm like, yep, here we go. Let's see that Destroyer and stuff like that. It was freaking amazing. And then Logan Paul just nailed it again. So, I mean, and both are extraordinary at what they've been able to do in such a short amount of time. Think about it. It's not like they've had years of experience. Yeah, exactly. They're coming into this so new. And I, I think that's another aspect we, we tend to forget, even as fans. And that, that's why we have to admire what they've been able to do in that short period in time frame. Uh, you know, concerning their runs with WWE or when they make, you know, their appearances. It may not be fair to say their runs because they're not there long enough. But I think with Logan Paul, with WrestleMania, he, we're going to see a match or some kind of angle that gets him into a match at Mania. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, actually. Um, but what I would quickly say about the Bad Bunny and Logan Paul, in terms of their selling in the ring, they do, they've do they done it better than some, than some wrestlers, to so, be honest. So, you know... No, you're uh, you're correct. They they've uh, been able to outdo even seasoned wrestlers that probably could take notes from them. I mean that's harsh, but the reality they 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 got the art of selling down is what I, I'm trying to say because I in my thoughts collecting them. Yeah, forgive yeah. me. They they've <laughs> got it down. I mean they they know. Hey, th- this is how we can help get the heat over by our opponents. You know, getting their shots in, and then we could get back on them. I mean, that, that's all psychology one-on-one and the basics and fundamentals that, that still work today. And, uh, I, I think that's why fans appreciated the Shawn Michaels, the Bret Hart's and, and more of that generation, even though I, you know, I gotta admit I was a Hulkamaniac, but once I looked at Hogan's work compared to like a, a Bret or Sean or a Ric Flair, you, you start realizing, well, he's nowhere near the worker. He's definitely more that attraction where these guys will spend time in the ring and it's a craft. It's an art. And I say that with respect to Hulk. Yeah. It's just, I mean, he, he'll, he'll admit it. I mean, Flair's one of his favorites as well. He was always uh, looking to get the big monster hills where these guys worked with everybody and, and they were more versatile. So it, it's a testament to their durability, durability and their influence on uh, multiple generations. And these guys are already catching 
that aspect of uh, professional wrestling, sports entertainment, whatever you want to phrase it, it's just magnificent. I, I've enjoyed it. That, that's why I'm not going to be critical or like a lot of old school wrestling fans or traditionalists, as they would say. Because, by the way, I agree with a lot of it. But you, you must admit that these guys have called on in such a big and fast way that it's astounding what they've been able to do. They've committed to it, haven't they? That's that's the that's the point, really. I think is the that, general. That's point. the general word. Yeah, commitment. Yeah. You you said it. That, um, that's perfect uh, terminology. Obviously, they've been trained. Obviously, obviously, so they're still learning. But when they step in again, they're committing to the to the sell in the role. They they obviously natural ability to do some of these moves that most I can't do. So you know, I you can't help again. May not be. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of Logan Paul. I don't follow him on social media. I don't really follow anything he does. But when he's in the ring. Yeah, he's cocky when he's on the mic, but that's like I said, natural heel. So, but um, in it terms command, of com, yeah, commands your attention. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Benny, what, but that, that's all what's going to insert. I mean, t- to your point, he there's something about when Bad Bunny or he, meaning Logan Paul, is in the ring, you get excited. I mean, whether you like the guy or follow him on social media, that's a great illustration, great analogy, by the way. I mean, I, I just appreciate you you uh, bringing that to light and. I can't help but agree. I know we need to disagree, but when you're bringing up such good points, <laughs> I concur. I mean, in terms of Logan Paul and a match, it was very interesting when Logan uh, eliminated Seth Rollins. So is that a it was. route to go down? Because I think the match he had with Roman was really good. I think if he had a match with Seth, we could probably see more in the uh, arsenal of Logan Paul, because it would be a different type of match because of the way Seth wrestles and the things Seth exactly. can do. So, and I yes. think Logan Paul there, could match it to a degree. Mesh, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I, I think you're onto something because what Seth and Logan Paul could do to, to work together, to lay out that kind of match. And depending on the story they're wanting to tell and based on the elimination of Royal Rumble, see, I, I love how you're thinking ahead already. I was slow to the party, but Benny's already <laughs> two or three steps Mate, ahead of me. As soon as it happened, I was like, hmm, I wonder if this is the route we're going here. Um, but, you know, only time will tell. I wouldn't disagree to a match between Seth and Logan, actually, which, again, when he first appeared, tagging with Miz, I was like, yeah, whatever. And I like the fact that Miz, you know, skull crushing finale him at the at WrestleMania and stuff like that. Um, but what he's managed to achieve, again, we've already covered it with Roman, you know, again, it would be a different type of match with Seth, and I think it would be a bloody good one if they do it right. And I think they can. And Seth Rollins is the man in terms of putting matches together. Um, so, oh, he's the top echelon, and those two would uh, tear the house down. Logan right. Paul and and against Seth Rollins, uh, I agree. The Roman Reigns Logan Paul match at back at Crown Jewel just recently was uh, fantastic. So imagine you know, what these guys could pull out their arsenals and the kind of selling each could do and having Seth Rollins just leading the match respectively as he should being the uh, veteran and being one of the top yeah, premier uh, superstars, wrestlers, whatever you want to call it out there. Uh, and with Logan Paul, add him to the mix, the equation overall. Oh, that that's going to be a barn burner like good old JR would say. I, I would not object to seeing Seth versus Logan, whether it's at WrestleMania or not. I would not object to it, weirdly. Now, again, you'd have asked me this back last year. I'd be like, no way. But now I'm like, I want to see what more this guy, because we've seen snippets of him. We've seen what he can do to a degree, and there's a lot more, I think, there. 
And again, someone like Seth, it could be, a, it could steal the freaking show. <laughs> to be honest with you. Now, oh, it could. And there's so much depth. I mean, you said it. I mean, it could sell the show and, and the involvement of the story could go even deeper, even if it goes into a more matches or a ma- another match, excuse me, down the road. Even if they had to say, here, let's hit pause. Let's give you two some other oppositions, but we could revisit it. Definitely, yeah. I mean, we could even see a revisit of Seth and Cody at some point as well, because even though we had a trilogy of matches, it didn't, you know, the way they did it in the Rumble, you can see it like not <laughs> not being over in terms yeah, of... Yeah, it's not um, quite resolved. And, and see, I like that, because it does open up a, a window of opportunities, uh, different avenues you could go with the direction of the Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins saga. And can I just say... That's been one of the better trilogies in all of wrestling, and I know that's a bold statement, but I'm going to stand behind it that I have seen in a long time. I think you're, I think you're right. It's got to be up there in terms of rivalries. Um, I think what added to it, obviously, the fact that the injury happened, the bruising on Cody, the crowd were like, and that just proves to me, yes, he had a big bruise and all that. There was no color in that match. There was no blood, but yet it was still awkward to watch at times when he's Digging that, yeah, still um, tough to watch. Yeah, because so, Seth was digging what the kendo stick, yeah, yeah, into that so, uh, yeah. pectoral. Oh my, it made me cringe too. I was even like, when oh. the, even when Cody hit the Cody cutter and the pain in his face when he came off when he did that was just like, oh, you you you're almost like in there with him and you can feel it, even though you don't know what that, I don't know what that pain feels like and to have a torn muscle, but I can I mean, you, you, you imagine it, you know, and you're with Cody oh, in that do. moment, so. Um, you, you're like, you know, you, you do feel for Cody. There's an empathy, it, exactly, you know, you're yeah. so right. And it, and it's just, Seth is doing his part though. He, he's got to be that heel and he's made it personal. So what do you do? You do, you target that injury because Cody's he's over. He's that, that baby face. Seth is over, but he's the villain. We've seen him kind of tween at times like he's doing now, which means he's kind of going back and forth. I feel, or he's just one. It's so cool that people are wanting to cheer him. Maybe look at it from that angle. Uh, so man, it's just, that match was great. I, I loved their encounter at WrestleMania backlash and at, at WrestleMania when Cody debuted and boy, when you heard that theme music, you know, uh, when he narrates it at the first part, yeah, yeah. the place, you know, just erupted and, and rightfully so he deserved it. Uh, I'm glad that he reinvented himself while he was away. And it just seemed like the stars were aligning for him to come back. We, we heard all the rumors innuendo and the American nightmare is back home. I appreciate what he did for AEW, but let's be real. He always desired to one day return back to the place where, where he was made famous, and that was the WWE. Yeah, 100%. Um, we're moving on because Edge returned. We hadn't seen him since uh, Extreme Rules. Uh, not only yeah, did we it, have not. not. Not only did we see Edge return, we also had Beth Phoenix return as well, uh, not in the Women's Rumble, in the by helping Edge out in the the, um, the entrance way after the fact. But Edge returned and basically eliminated Finn, Damien, but didn't quite get Dominic. Uh, and I love the fact that Dominic, you know Dominic's a bad guy because every time Dominic gets a move done on him, so when Cody hit the crossroads, the crowd love it because they don't like Dom the way he's treating his dad and stuff. Um, for those, yeah, who- they, they can't stand it. So, and Michael Cole, let, let's give him some credit because uh, the the way they're relating it on commentary, Michael Cole, I, I just love how he gets excited when Dominic's out there, 
And and that sells it to me. I mean, that, that's why you've done commentary. I've got to do it many. And that's one of the uh, lost arts sometimes is it's actually getting dumb over like you were saying yeah. as that, that punk. And then Michael Cole's doing a masterful job on commentary of relaying that kind of information. I mean, having Pat McAfee back as well, I think, helped. But, oh, um, Pat McAfee brings that excitement, that energy. And I'll tell you this. I liked uh, the three-man team. Normally, I, I only that, like two. But, I like that trio, yeah, to be honest. I, I do, too. Corey Graves and the banter between Pat McAfee not shaking hands. There's some heat, you know, at least on camera. We, we don't know about it in reality, but no, that's the beauty of sports entertainment. I'm not a big fan normally of a trio, but like in terms of commentary like that. But yeah, I mean, you're, I think look, it works. I'll lay it out yeah. for the people that are old school fans. I, you will never beat JR and King. They are JR to me is a legend, and but my and I didn't like when Michael Cole took over. But I would say Michael Cole in the since maybe just before the pandemic, or maybe just during it. But since Pat McAfee, mm-hmm. especially because I wasn't a big fan of Pat McAfee to begin with, I will admit. But the more and more I got used to his sense of humor over the few weeks of you know of watching you know the weekly shows, I like the duo of Michael Cole and Pat McAfee. Are they JR and King? How no. But I enjoy it, and I think Michael Cole has been doing in the last since he's been with Pat McAfee, Pat McAfee especially. Nothing against Wade Barrett, but I think Michael Cole has been doing a fantastic job, and I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. And I will admit, I never gave him that before. He doesn't, and I haven't either. I'll tell you what he's done. Uh, speaking of Pat McAfee with the Michael Cole tandem on SmackDown and for premium live events, and and I, I love Corey Graves too. I've, I've grown to appreciate. Corey on commentary as well. Uh, it, it it helps uh, energize Michael Cole, yeah, uh, I, I believe, so. when you got Ma- Pat McAfee out there because he's doing the antics and even he's cut up laughing because you got to have fun, even though you're taking it seriously, you're you're being professional, but you're able to cut loose. It's like having your friends like me and you or whoever, whether it's the UK, America, I don't care where you're at in the world, everybody likes to have some fun, laugh, and, you know, just kick back and, and you kind of get that gist or that type of atmosphere or feeling per se if i can correct myself you know that's one way to describe the uh, interaction between mcafee cole and, and even graves for royal rumble see i, I liked the uh, the duo of graves and moronalo in nxt um back oh, in the day they moronalo's got that perfect sort of boxing which is what he did but that sort of sports uh, commentary he gave it voice. More of a sports presentation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I miss that guy. Um, I know not everybody. Like, I know. I, I did too. If you watch, if you, if the problem with what what I've found during this this year of watching WWE, almost a year since you know signing back at Money in the Bank. If you're not watching it constantly, your memories are Jr. and King. When you come and listen to certain people like, you know, I like uh, Kevin Patrick on Raw with Corey. I actually think they're a good duo. Um, they're doing good. And what people have to realize, I know a lot of uh, fans have been critical of Kevin Patrick. I think he's done a marvelous job because listen, folks, me and Benny's done some commentary. That's not easy. That's a very difficult job. And I even had to learn that because we three all have these preconceived well. notions. Yeah. When you're having to do it live and on independent shows, you don't have the monitors. So imagine having to look at the ring and even with the monitors, it's still very difficult. So that's why I keep my opinion has changed when trying to critique commentators. Not that I, I would do that normally anyways, 
but sure, I could listen to a raw and go, hey, that's not very good. But once, you know, and I think you got to get into a groove. You got to build that chemistry. Uh, Definitely, yeah. Kevin Patrick and Corey Graves, and that, that's so essential. And sometimes it's finding the right pairing of the right trio or however you want to look at it. So mm. we have to keep in mind that he's actually doing a fantastic job because he was a great interviewer backstage and host of uh, certain kickoff shows or being on, yeah, yeah, on yeah, the yeah, kickoff definitely. shows. So it's translating even more now. He He's starting, I think, I, I get the impression he's settling in and him and Corey Graves are building that that essential foundation and grace with his experience is helping assisting Kevin Patrick. I think with the um, Kevin Patrick, Corey Graves duo, they do the podcast that Corey does together now. So I think that's helped week to week, getting that bond up and talking maybe like we do offline before we go live. So I think that helps, but yeah, I mean, I used to not hate Michael Cole, but um, I liked it when he was with Taz back in the day, but when he kind of replaced JR, that's, that's some big shoes to fill. But I do genuinely think... Yeah, it was. But I do genuinely think that, especially since Pat McAfee's been around, maybe that's also a case of certain people not being backstage as well. But he seems to be a lot more natural. He's and, got more freedom. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, yeah. With all, all due respect, uh, and I know who you're, you're talking about it, and that's, that's not even a knock against who we're referring to, but you hear so- it's just you hear a change stories, of, don't of a you? circumstance. Huh? You hear stories of what happened in the headsets and stuff, whether they're ever true. I know some people have been told, you know, they're screaming Correct. down the headset to say it. Say it! <laughs> so. Come on, come on, pal. We probably gave it away. But yeah, yeah no, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's cool that we're bringing up commentary because, you know, not just the matches, everything is a team effort. And then we have to... Uh, remember that it, even as wrestling fans, because I'll be honest, I'll have to call myself out even if I don't make my comments public. Yeah, Jim Ross, that's huge shoes to fill. I, everybody's goals and aspirations, and if you you say or name your favorite announcer or commentator, however you want to word it, uh, m- most of the time it's going to be Jim Ross because he added that passion. Even if you look at his career and study it back in the territory days, Mid-South, WCW, uh, the latter years of NWA with Crockett, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed that that broadcasting style of a young JR. And then when he got to the Attitude Era and then beyond, it's just been tremendous. So I've got nothing but love for JR. And what I was going to add, going back to Beth Phoenix, is uh, she looks as great as ever. She's still intimidating. And I think we're going to get the Rhea Ripley Beth Phoenix match at some point. Now, I don't, we can't get it at WrestleMania, I don't believe, unless, you know, Rhea does challenge for a belt and maybe wins the title at Mania. I mean, maybe you could do it then. I know I'm thinking ahead here. I'm uh, I'm using a page out of the playbook of Benny Mac, which I would is assu- good. I, and, uh, sorry, yeah, mate, go ahead. I, I would assume because of where Elimination Chamber is going to be held, I would say possibly Elimination Chamber uh, to a degree because of where it's going to be held. I think it's in, it's in Canada, isn't it? I know Beth isn't necessarily from there, but obviously she's married to Edge. So Who's got the connection so, uh, to Canada. So, and you know, and also... Would, yeah, and I don't mean to interrupt, Benny, but I, I was going to also just insert, you, you brought up just a masterful point once more uh, about Elimination Chamber. The way that Rhea Ripley hit Beth Phoenix with a chair at Extreme Rules makes sense because Elimination Chamber, most of the more personal vendettas are settled in that kind of uh, environment. So I, I like where you're going. Could possibly be that. 
Um, so yeah, so yeah, the men's Royal Rumble we've kind of covered a little bit. Obviously, there was, Booker T made an appearance as well. I've got to quickly say that that was cool just to hear that. That can yeah, you dig it? Booker T, spin a Rooney, spin a Rooney. Ray Mysterio unfortunately didn't make his uh, slot, and it's basically portrayed during the match that because uh, who came out right after Dominic Mysterio and had Ray's mask, so it's we don't see it. But it's, ma- punk. it's alu- it's uh, alluded, I mean, yeah. It's alluded that I can't uh, stand they, Dominic. yeah. They, this, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? it's alluded to that um, that Dominic or the rest of the day and Dominic have basically taken out Ray. Um, but in real terms, I understand that he got an injury on SmackDown, so he was unable to compete in the Rumble. But this is a good way of still making sure that we know Rey Mysterio is there, but unfortunately couldn't compete. But it was also furthering that story, which would have been a nice moment to see what would have happened between Ray and his son in the match. I know. I'm with you. I wanted to see what the confrontation would be, because since Ray's been on SmackDown, but we've saw the videos the WWE exclusive short uh, video packages of like Dominic getting arrested. Then before that, he attacked Ray in the house with Rhea, his mommy. Uh, I love the whole Eddie China dynamic too. It's impeccable. And you know, that was somebody that I, that I had to grow to appreciate as a talent because just because he's second generation, just because he's Ray Mysterio's son, you know, this is what he needed. And I wouldn't have said that at first because he, he seemed to be getting some uh, acclaim as a babyface, but for Finn Balor, the Judgment Day group, and Rhea Ripley, Damian Priest, to take him under his wing to get him away from his father was perfect. I mean, it, it's been just tremendous because now everybody can buy him at, as a heel, and he's embraced it. And I think that that is very essential to uh, a successful formula when you're creating a, a heel stable or faction per se. And and Dominic just as a singles. I mean, I, I love the interactions he had uh, with Cody. Uh, you said it. And just so many with Seamus too. Like he was begging Seamus to get up. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. And then, you know, they, they beat him up and McIntyre as well. So it was all clever. He's, he's already getting the lie cheat still, or this, the heel tactics of like, Oh, I, I didn't mean to hit you. Please don't hurt me. You know, if you look back at this men's rumble. I feel that there's a lot of, little moments slash stories being told to maybe either, like you said, possibly a Seth versus Logan. Um, the fact that, mm-hmm. or furthering the character with Dominic basically being that little like, yeah, hey, I hit you. Oh, please don't hurt me. You know, be switching so quickly. And then obviously, like we said, at the top of it, at the top of this, um, you know, Gunther, you know, this actually, uh, you know, went from number one. So yes, Cody won it. But, you know, Gunther, I think, was made in that match. <laughs> Not that he wasn't already. I think it's just put him over the edge. Um, one hour and 11 minutes, beating Rey Mysterio's record of 63-13 or something like that. So he's just he's only just beat it. But, um, you know, Gunther uh, beat it. Um, in terms well, think of, of it this way, too, uh, Benny. It just, it'll make the audience want to see Gunther win next year's Royal Rumble. Again, we I, saw so many moments. I think moments. that's where we're heading, yeah. Um, so one, you know, the we faced off with Brock, you know, and all these other people. That there's so many potential matches here, and obviously Sheamus and Gunther started it as well, and that was an absolute match at Clash of the Castle. Um, so we got to revisit that kind of a little bit. One thing I did want to say, yeah, we did quickly. Uh, I just lost his name, um, Santos Escobar. Yeah, Santos Escobar. When he got eliminated. He went over the top rope and he came down. And I swear to you, I mean, you'd have to watch it back, but it looked like he caught his head on the apron on the way down. And I was like, ooh. 
because um, Lashley yeah, threw him out. Bump. Yeah, so um, I'm hoping he's all right. Nothing's come out online that I could see whether he's you know maybe not going to be around. But when he came out, I, honestly, the back of his head looked like it caught that apron on the way down. Just look like it, your head's not meant to uh, yeah, catch a ring apron for, or, I mean, or from that, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But from that camera angle, it looked like he did. And I thought, oh, God, I hope he's all right. <laughs> you know, because there are moments of like, you know, I'm not saying I, scare I, you. you. You cringe. Yeah. You're like, I, a, yeah. you know, that one's supposed to happen. You can just tell when it, it's a safe uh, place for him on the moves and it's like high risk or not. I mean, even if they're just in the, the ring or outside of it, it's like it'll make you go, ouch. You know, it's it's like when you're watching a football game and you see a bad injury. That That's kind of uh, flashbacks to those uh, certain moments. And, yeah, and you mean, just feel for Santos, man. Hopefully he's all right. I, I'm just going to – I stand in agreement with you because we, we all hope that these athletes – they're, they're sacrificing so much to entertain us, folks, and that's what we have to realize with our criticisms. It's okay to have opinions, but that makes me have more of an affinity and appreciation for what these uh, wrestlers are doing. Like I said, it might be the camera angle, but you've, I've been watching wrestling. I'm not going to say I can pick up on every single injury that happens during a match, but sometimes you go, oh, I don't think that was supposed to happen. Enzo More comes to mind, battleground a fair few years ago now, when he bounced off the middle rope and smacked his head. Onto the uh, hard part of the you ring. Just tell, you yeah, know. when it's uh, not supposed to go a certain way, and yeah, and so that was a rough one as well. But hey, going back to your point about Sheamus and Gunther, I, I love their magic clash at the castle. I was so happy for my my UK friends, and I'm not just sucking up to you all. I, I do appreciate you. I, I love you. I, I was so happy to to more as Money in the Bank comes to London. But, Benny, that was so physical. And, and you brought up just so many valid points, that storytelling. And and that's what I, I did appreciate or at least admire when I was just a fan as a kid growing up, is that this is a business built on stories. And uh, I, I've came to respect that even more in my latter years of, of watching wrestling, you know, regarding my fandom, I should say. Yeah, definitely. I mean... In terms of our um, our guesses, we both went with Cody for our first picks. We had, what, four picks, was it? Uh, in yeah, the we, we so, had four. Because um, at the time, the names weren't uh, all disclosed, to be fair. So, no, literally, about, that's funny up, that was. Until we, time. We did that mm-hmm. show, and I think literally a couple of hours later, I read online, if not the next day, a lot more names were announced. I was like, oh, that's typical, isn't it? We do our show, and then they release more names. But, of course, they, they bring out more people. It's like, oh, yeah, we're entering the Royal Rumble. Thanks. That would have been nice, wasn't it? But, you know, <laughs> hey, that's the WWE, that's Triple H saying, hey, these guys are going to do podcasts. Let's announce the names later. Yeah, yeah. Why not? You know, get people interested, isn't it? But, I mean, we both went, for, Cody was both our first picks. So we both got that right. Uh, we both went with Karrion Cross. He didn't actually have a very good rumble, did he, to be fair? It was a shame. Um, no, he did not. He he did not last. I mean, he looked dominant when he first came in, like most entrants do, or all of them at least for yeah, the, the yeah. majority they, they get of, their... of why they come out. Yeah, yeah, but after that, it's like what Drew McIntyre, which that's what you were alluding to, storytelling. So he got some revenge on Karen Cross and eliminated him. So I do like how the, the Royal Rumble concept, these eliminations go somewhere. It's yeah, just yeah. not flat finishes or, you know, the, the way they're presented. You actually have some other chapters you can write or at least you've written that you were telling for the future, even if the future is tomorrow, the next week or the next month, next year. I, I just, I so enjoy that. That's why, man, that's a credit to you, uh, you know, telling, conveying this kind of info, because a lot of times 
even his co-host forget stuff, folks. I'm, <laughs> I probably forget what I yesterday when somebody asked me. So there you go. I mean, in terms of the rest of our picks, we went, you know, pretty much the same. Um, we both had uh, theory as well, and then we I had Sammy thinking maybe Sammy was going to enter the rumble, which he didn't. And then you had Seth, and Seth was one of the last few as well. So I mean, we both uh, we uh, well we both got uh, we both got it right, I suppose. Um, before we move on, hey, to... hey, we'll, we'll just say that we we both get it right. We're both champions. We're both winners. No, we're not. You're winning. Don't matter. give me that. <laughs> well, I, I am winning. I, I wasn't going to say anything. I was trying to be nice, but I, I'll just leave it alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am winning. Yeah. Be cocky once in a while. It's allowed. Um, Raw Women's Championship. <laughs> Raw Women's Championship match. Um, I don't have much to say about this, to be honest with you. I'm not going to lie. It was that a lot. Uh, the only thing, it, it was like Alexa Bliss was trying to choke out Bianca with the bow and arrow stretch and use her hair. But there wasn't a lot to really talk about. You know, Bliss would get a DDT, a little bit of offense here and there. Bianca used the power like she normally does. And I I expected Bianca would retain. I just didn't see Alexa Bliss, even with the teasing of the darker incarnation that we once saw with The Fiend. This obviously may be different. And Uncle Howdy coming back at the end saying, I'm in charge or something to those effects. I, I didn't get it oh, right, do, I'm do, sure. Do, but... do you feel in charge, he's saying? Isn't he? Yeah, I mean, the match it. was good. Yeah, the KOD I'm looked glad. good, you know. And but I'm not going to lie; it it didn't didn't really grab me overly. What would have been nicer, I think, is if you know we both went for Bianca. Like I said, I don't feel it's time yet for her to drop that. But um, maybe if Alexa, so when, you know, keep the keep the finish somewhat the same it is. Maybe Alexa then attacks Bianca Belair, like gets like almost loses it to the point of just pure rage. And then Uncle Howdy would have come up on the screen saying, do you feel in control? And she's like looking. So is it Alexa or is it Uncle Howdy making her do this? But it it didn't, apart from maybe, okay, Uncle Howdy's still appearing to Alexa. It hasn't really progressed me <laughs> for me anything. And the match was, in terms of wrestling, the match was good. But in terms of... Yeah, I mean, the quality was there. It's just as far as storyline... Uh, I got to tell you, I don't know that it's doing Uncle Howdy's doing any favors for Alexa. I, you know, it, now the promo at Raw 30 had me a little more convinced, but after this match, I, kn- I know we got to be patient and see where it goes. Of course, yeah. I was just think- I, w- I was thinking to myself though, just like you were. Okay, uh, I know we're going to see more about on it on Raw. Just, I'm sure, I think but being a premium yeah. live event pay per view, something more was needed there. Um, it, it was, yeah. There was no explanation. It was just like, okay, have a match. We'll have Uncle Uncle Howdy, Uncle. Listen to me, Uncle okay. Howdy. At the end of it, yeah, there you go. That, that's another one of Bray Wyatt's characters, Uncle Howdy, and then Uncle Uncle Howdy, Pouty Howard. So, I like it. I like I'm, it. Yeah, there you go. And uh, but yeah, Alexa just say I'm in charge and stuff. And then for you know, and then the KOD Bianca wins. It's just like, okay, the match was good, but as far as your story and or this angle. I was like, okay, and I, I said, okay, in a sarcastic way, like it? confused, perplexed. Yeah, exactly, flat finish. Um, yeah. Like I said, I, I'd have liked to see maybe, yeah, right, keep the finish to a degree the same, have Alexa lose her sh- shit, for lack of a better word. Um, yeah, crazy. Yeah, if you're going to embrace a darker, edgier character, then then do it, personify it. I know, I know it, it's got to take time teasing it, but why not at the Royal Rumble? But maybe they're waiting until WrestleMania because uh, – 
we got to talk about the uncle appearance of uh, uh, uncle. <laughs> now I've got uncle in my head. Uncle. Now. The other appearance of uncle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul Inca, uncle, whatever, you know, you want to call it. Unky, okay, unky so howdy. let's move on before I get my words more. Well, we'll, we'll move on to that one. So we both got that right as well. We both, we both went yeah, with Bel Air. Um, well, I'm glad. Bray White versus LA Knight. Um, now I went to a thing a couple of years ago, Circus of Horrors they do over here. Uh, my other half uh, took me to it. It's more her thing than mine, but actually it was good uh, entertainment. Um, cringy in some places, but this this lighting they used. The only thing I don't like about this so far is the fact that it's called the Mountain Dew Pitch Black Match. Yeah, that, that's that's comical. That that to me kind of ruins whatever. It takes uh, away from it. I think to be honest with you. Yeah, um, I mean it does. It it takes away from whatever momentum they had for the match because. I realize you got to please your sponsors, the advertisers, but let's just call it a pitch black match and forget Could to we... put Mount Dew because I, I was teasing. Why, why not call it the Fanta, the the Sun Kiss, <laughs> or whatever American drinks or whatever you have the in the UK? Hell in Hershey's match. <laughs> yeah, Hershey's <laughs> match. Let's just call it the Kit Kat dark match or whatever flavor they're coming out next month. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it gets a little ridiculous. And that's why I think even casual fans can see through it. Don't even have to be those who follow it like we do. I mean, they're like, yeah. they're probably wondering, okay, we get the pitch black match concept, but why the heck does Mountain Dew? I, I know it advertises it, but why do you have to actually call it if, the, the Mountain Dew? If, yeah. <laughs> If um, they had to have it on this match, which they obviously did, because it was the only match that was called, none of the other matches were called Mountain Dew, Royal Rumble match or whatever. So could we have not just called it the Pitch Black match sponsored by Mountain Dew? Just say, don't call it the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match. Which yeah. I it's mean, very just, hard to but, say but more than anything. Follow it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't. It just, it, I think it took away from it, but... For what it was, with the lighting, Bray's new mask being unveiled, which was during the match, which was freaking awesome, by the way. Um, I enjoyed this. The match itself, uh, you know, I think what made it better was because of the element of the pitch black stuff and the glowing, the stuff going everywhere outside. It it was okay. I'm not going to say I hated it, but this was Bray's first match in more than a televised match anyway in more than two years. So it was cool to see him back in the ring. I think he did really well with LA Knight. Um, again, it's progressing that story. We saw Unky Howdy again, um, jump off the, yeah. Uh, yeah. Unky the... Howdy. Uh, I got to tell you this, is where I'm going to have to disagree with you. Uh, yeah. th- this match was pretty bad and then not just the match, but I-, I didn't like Bray's new mask or whatever, or even uh Howdy or, Saudi, however you want to call it, you know, jumping, doing his macho man impersonation uh, <laughs> with the uh, elbow dropping to L.A. Night with the flames engulfing and the characters showing up. And, be- and before that, with L.A. Night trying his best to um, I, I do. I, I've got empathy for L.A. Night in this scenario, I, and I've got so much respect for what Bray does as a character, his character work. I, I'm taking nothing away. But this to me. The Fiend stuff was was better. I, I agree. I wanted, bus, I'm not, I wanted don't, to, don't, to don't be either of worlds, even though you could, you didn't need to come back as that. But for me, this whole presentation just felt off. And I know we're, we've got to wait and see. I get it. It's just, if I'm going to be honest, not just the match, the, the overall visual, this whole Bray Wyatt scenario is, I know it's supposed to be confusing for a reason, mm-hmm. but 
have some daggum logic is a, a southern word we like to say here in the, the American South. And, you know, I like Bray Wyatt. Comes from a great wrestling family. Barry Windham, uh, his dad's Mike Rotunda, you know, Bo Dallas's brother, and he's got Blackjack Mulligan. I, and I don't always agree with the traditionalists about Bray Wyatt because a lot of them want to hate on him. That's not what I'm saying. It's just even if I'm a casual fan flipping the channels, it makes – it gives the Fiend stuff more credibility in comparison, which is a good thing for the Fiend character and for even the Bray Wyatt when he first got called up on the main roster. But it did look a little phony, even though we could buy it because it's sports entertainment. To me, I, I saw through it. It was superficial, and I'm coming at it harsh, and probably Benny didn't expect this because I'm actually a big fan, a proponent of Bray Wyatt. But I do feel we're kind of getting a little monotonous with this character, so I hope – we see something different, which I, I believe we will. I'm still holding out faith, even though it's getting lessened by what we saw transpire. And maybe that's a, a sharp criticism. But if I'm going to be honest and truthful, Benny, that's that's how I see it. And I mean, what were your thoughts? I, I know you shared a little bit, but, uh, you know, the whole Uncle Howdy thing and just I don't know if it's going to be used like that. I, I just think he could be utilized better, even the characters uh, besides think- just Bray. I think the concept was good in a sense of the style of match. Yes, I'm not disputing the fact the match could be a lot better. It could have been more of an extreme rules style, which they kind of did, but it didn't last very long. But I think this was a way of confirming this Wyatt 6. Now, to be honest with you, I thought this Wyatt stuff, Uncle Howdy was going to appear. I thought Bray was Uncle Howdy. They were just using somebody else in the costume to make it seem like it wasn't. So this, I always yeah. thought this this Bray Wyatt thing, Mercy and all that kind of stuff, was more like a schizophrenia type multi multi personality thing. He's so it's, battling his mind. Yes, so it could still be that. I liked the visual of the other characters looking over him after he's beat La Knight. Did we need Uncle Howdy jumping off the the cherry picker? Probably not. Did we need the fireworks? Not really. Um, it, it, it's a fun match. It's not. Um, don't get me wrong. Again. I liked the visual of it, the the black lights and stuff. I thought that was really cool, um, and how they did it. But it could have been a lot better. Um, but, you know, it, it's a fundamental, quick match. It did feel like more. It was very quick, wasn't it? It was. It was over very quickly. It, it was a fast match, and I, I'm kind of thankful it was because, like you say, it was. Yeah, any more, I think, would have been. You know, I think. There yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Would it would have over uh, labored or there was enough. You know, there it would. Sorry, go yeah, on. go ahead. I was just going to say there was enough there for me that I'm glad it didn't go, yes, I know it's not traditional and all this other shit, but, you know, I think it was just a way of confirming the Wyatt Six, I think. But we have Uncle Howdy attacking Bray and stuff like that. I mean, I like the new mask and stuff like that. Is this The Fiend? Is this Bray's? I don't know. So I feel we're still, we've not scratched the surface enough of this. Whether this dies out, I have no idea, but uh, I don't think we've scratched uh, the surface. Bray's of very creative. Yeah, scratched surface. He's very creative. I got the charisma, got the energy. We we all know he, he's talented individual. I'm, I got a lot of respect for what Bray does. It's just, I don't know. I I've, I've, I think I've been a little too easy on him lately with the return. Oh, possibly, and yeah. I mean, at, I, I, after I, I, this match, you know, I've, I've got to be real. I, I just got to. No, don't get me wrong. If we it, if we did ratings on this show, this match wouldn't rate very high in terms of a visual. As I'm saying, 
it looked pretty cool with the black lights and stuff and the glowing mask and the you know and all the glowing stuff that they had going on. Although the yeah, kendo stick, did, I, I can see, yeah, from a visual standpoint. Yeah. Now that you say that, it just didn't register at first because I, I, you know, typically when we do these review shows, you do you you tend to just go to the match. But even with some of the visual stuff, I, I have to critique it. But and I get what you're saying, and, and that's why we're a tag team, man. When I'm on here, we. Hmm. Um, it's fine. You can disagree with me. You might just not be on Wednesday show. No, I'm joking. Um, so <laughs> yeah, Benny's no. like, tell us they're going to make it. <laughs> Steve Austin was really surprised. What? I was expecting a lot more from this match. Don't get me wrong. I really was. Um, again, it's confirmed the Wyatt six. What goes on after this? I don't know. I hope it gets better than this. I feel like Bray and LA Knight, Probably deserve better in this match, but there we go. It is. Uh, but if we were yeah, going to rate, they did, and there'll be more too. I mean, I'm sure SmackDown. This is not over. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that we, but I hope it doesn't dwindle out. And I, whatever they're trying to do with Alexa Bliss, I feel they need to. I think you're right. I think they need to just sometimes a slow build. I get it. A slow build is good, but sometimes well, I think this is because mm-hmm. it was probably delayed because of Bray hurting his finger. Or breaking his finger or whatever he did. That, that's true. At a house show, didn't he? He broke that's it. it yeah. I, I forget so, who he wrestled, but yeah, he broke his finger. That, that's this, true. They've had to drag this story out, I feel, probably three weeks longer than it needed to be. So some stories do need a long telling and some don't. And I think this is a some good... Some just need to be cut off and let, let's move on or at least get to the point. Or get to the point is the best way of saying it, I think, definitely, 100%. But in terms of who won and who lost, we both went with Bray again. Like I'm going to say it now, Tyler. Every match we picked, okay. we went for the same people, and all these people won their respective matches. So, you, without we get to the end of the show yet, you've won. You've not won this week. We've drawn, but you're still winning. So, you know, I'm gonna have to try and change up my strategy. Try and get a one Would on the board. Do you expect anything last from me? I mean, come on, it's well, uh, money what, in the bank marks the uh, the beginning of season two of this show. So, I'd like to get a win before the beginning of season two. Of, uh, in the corner, so I would very much like to get a win because obviously, we're, well, there's no gonna, by the way, people, there's going to be no break when we get to season two. We're still going to be, it's going to be lasting. The money in the bank will mark the beginning of season two, basically. But what I mean is, I'd like to get a win <laughs> over Tyler before we get to season two because he is whipping I'm my ass. I'm still holding the championship and I, I'm, I'm looking to be undefeated. Even it's, it's I don't looking... care if it's season two, season three, <laughs> if, he'll, if he'll have me on, but. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm looking to still be the winner because you know I'm cutting a little bit of a promo here. Then he can retaliate. But I, I see myself pointing at the WrestleMania sign even for next year. So I, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, right. Anyway, uh, yeah, I like to get a win. <laughs> at the moment, it's turning into the Brock Lesnar John Cena match where Cena got his ass kicked for about 16 minutes by Brock and absolutely destroyed him. So at the moment, I'm being destroyed by the yeah. Uh, I'm taking I'm taking Benny to Suplex City. That's the what he's Tennessee saying. Tennessee Titan Tyler is kicking my ass. <laughs> yeah, the Tennessee town, the, the stone faced. Uh, I got to credit another podcaster because I, I cl- got clean shaved, and he, he's calling me the stone uh, face assassin or something to that effect. So <laughs> I did see the picture. Yeah, you shaved your beard off, man. <laughs> you yeah, look, you look like it's, thirty it's, years younger. It's a change. <laughs> I, I know, I, and uh, you know, I, I can't really be a hill now because probably the facial hair would have helped. But oh well. Oh well, it happens. Um, yeah, it does. To be honest, there aren't many matches on this card, is there, really? So, um, yeah. No, there, there wasn't a lot. We've just got the Women's Royal Rumble in the main event with Reigns and Owens next. I mean, there's not a lot of matches. Right, in terms of the Women's uh, Royal Rumble match, our first pick was Rhea to win. 
Um, mm-hmm. Rhea becomes the fourth person in history to win it from number one. Um, our other picks were Ronda. So uh, Tyler's is Rhea, Ronda, Raquel, and Bailey. Mine was Rhea, Bailey, Sasha. I was hoping for a Sasha Banks return. Didn't happen. And possibly Becky. Uh, so, but we both went with Rhea. Again, we both got it right. So <laughs> another another draw. So I'm not losing badly. I'm just drawing with you no, at the moment. You're so, not losing. That, that's um, uh, that, that's a confidence and uh, reassurance that you can take. Is hey, it's a draw. Um, you're you're not actually losing. Uh, it's no. just that you know I'm still going to hold on to the title, Benny. So right. nice uh, try. But, but uh, it started with Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan, I think, uh, quietly unsung hero in this one. Um, she yeah, really well. Yeah, de- deserves respect. I mean, for the length of time she was able to last, and uh, I, I mean, I'm with you. I think Liv Morgan, as much as I've you know been a critic of hers with the Rousey feud, and I've said this multiple times, that mean to be revisionist when I say yeah. it. Uh, I got to give her her just due for how long she was able to last, very durable, and uh, showed me a lot during this matchup. Definitely. Uh, hopefully this next year for Liv will be a better one because even though she became women's champion, the match with Ronda, as we, already, we spoke about obviously many shows ago now, wasn't good. Um, Dana Brooke, I haven't seen her on TV for a while. That was cool to see her back. Damn, she looked good. Yeah, I, I was happy. Boy, does she look good. I'll, I'll tell you, there, there was a lot of these ladies that were looking good, if I'm honest, but uh, that's for another podcast. Anyway, <laughs> so back to the regular schedule program. That's for another, that's for another, <laughs> that's, that's for another side rant, actually. That's, a, that's another article <laughs> I, I on the. Yeah, I don't know that that could go into uh, the in the corner catalog, if we're being honest, <laughs> but <laughs> I digress. That's another, art- that's another article on WrestleBuddy, isn't it? That's what that is. Yeah, um, that, that, that's another article where it's somebody anonymous. And his name may or may not be Tyler. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, Michelle McCool uh, making a coming oh, out of the crowd. Was that was cool. That was a cool moment. Um, I did not expect it either. They did, they did a great job. She's just they they the cameras pan to her. She's sitting with her kids, and all of a sudden. She does it, you know, and just, you know, not her regular wrestling attire. She jumps up on the barricade, comes in, and, man, she still can go. Just like last year, a lot of those ladies that return still have a lot to offer. And, and major respect to Michelle McCool. That was awesome. i quite like to see her come back and maybe have, like, a run, to be honest with you, because I, I feel like she's, she's not underrated, I but I think, you know, she did a lot for the women's division, at the time, you know, during that diva era. So I, I yeah, feel she like... she was instrumental. Yeah. So I feel like maybe um, Tamina, obviously. Uh, Piper Nevin as well. I didn't expect that. Yeah, um, I'm glad she came back. And, and did you catch the commentators kind of throwing little innuendos about the Dewdrop name, even yeah, though it was yeah. Piper, because it was representing... Listen, we know where it's Piper Nevin. And even they say something about Ava Marie. I mean, that, yeah. that was kind of comical. And... uh yeah, but I'm glad to see Popper back. She's so talented. I, I was aware of her going back to the great continent of the UK, Scotland, Popper Niven, a very talented lady. And I was glad to see her get her name back in her just to and, and enter the uh, Royal Rumble women's matchup. <laughs> was this her first one, Benny, or was it I her second I think she one? may have appeared in one as Dewdrop, but I could be wrong on that. I'm not sure, to be honest with oh, you. Oh, so Dewdrop, yeah, so... I, th- I think well, so, but that, we could be wrong. That counts, but yeah, Popper of Niven, that, that's the that's yeah. the main thing we're focusing on. The, uh, the, She's back. Yeah, man, it was cool. The the evil Oscar as well. That was oh, cool. Oh, I loved it. That was brilliant. Um, 
Yeah, the, the so clown many. kind of paint scheme that was very creepy. But and Oscar still looks and can move so incredibly. I like the exchange with Sonya Deville where they kicked each other and they were both out. Yeah, that it was, was cool. cool. It was cool. Um, I mentioned Tamina yeah. already, didn't I? Zelina Vega obviously was in it. Yeah, Tamina. Um, yeah, uh, Selena Vega. Hey, let's just say we we all knew the talent and credibility she has as a performer, and she continues to shine. She shows it so. I, uh, I just want to, I'm glad we're mentioning all these ladies because they, they deserve it. And they work so hard. Uh, you know, Nikki cross was great. Number 29. I'm skipping ahead. I know folks, I'm, no, I'm even fine. reading my notes and I'm, I'm just going all over the place. Benny, help me out. I'm, I'm going to make the tag. <laughs> well, Zelina Vega, I, the reason I mentioned it, you know, I think it was cool. I liked it when she was a CN Almas in NXT. Um, I kind of hoping Alistair Black will return to WWE one day. That's somebody I was kind of hoping for to see in the Rumble this year. Um, I don't I, know what his... I get a feeling he will, yeah. I don't know his status at the moment with AEW because I feel like he's not there, but I could be wrong on that, or he was there and he isn't now. I don't know what's going on. Well, he, he, he has returned to AEW because of his contract. Everybody wondered if he wasn't going to go back to WWE once you know, he was off air and off TV due to some mental issues. And that, that's very serious stuff. So I, I respect yeah. him, commend him for able, you know, for taking steps back is what I was trying to say there. And I, I think, you know, a lot of the people that are in AEW, and it's not a knock against AEW, but we, we've seen this even back when WCW was around or ECW. You would see a lot of guys kind of, you know, spend some time, have some successful runs, maybe not so much success as concerning their individual runs or as teams go back to a place where they were once uh, prominent in. And it's not that they weren't recognized in the other place, but you know, Cody Rhodes is kind of uh, leading that trail back of yeah, probably potential names. Like you're, you're stating where Alistair black will eventually one day return back to I WWE. Hope so. I hope so. Keith Lee as well is somebody I feel yeah, that Keith Adam Lee. Cole, obviously there's so it's many names. Strickland. Yeah, there's so many people that have, and I don't dispute them from going to ACW, ACW, AEW, um, but, um, you know, there's so many people. There's even some guys there that aren't, who've never been to WWE, that are in AEW, which I don't know whether we'll ever see them in WWE. I'm hoping we do, but, um, you know, I never thought I'd see AJ Styles in WWE, but, you know, we got we got him eventually, which was really cool to see him make his yeah, debut. Yeah, 2016, he, yeah. he made the big debut, and, you know, he, Speaking of AJ Styles, and I'm sure you read it where he was open in the interviews, he was kind of uh, he was concerned about the fans that that audience uh, when referring to WWE, not uh, knowing who he is. So he, there was a lot of trepidation when he came out. But luckily, everybody respected whether it was TNA, New Japan, Ring of Honor. I mean, he was just such a hot commodity was AJ Styles. Yeah, he, he's phenomenal for a reason. There was, and so he got he got a pop for sure. Yeah, there are certain names within the business. Yes, okay, I don't watch everything. I don't have time to. Um, I, you know, I look at socials and stuff, but there are people of certain names that make a name for themselves that even though I may not watch New Japan, I may not watch Impact, I may not watch AEW, somebody like a Kenny Omega, I know who that is. Of course I do. The Young Bucks and all that kind of stuff. Um, the names are, yeah, they're out there due to social media, YouTube, and just if you see, you know, PW Insider or 
what's those magazines? That is a wrestling website, but there, there's the magazines, and I, I just butchered it. But PWI, that's it. Yeah, yeah. They when they had their rankings, they, I knew there was too many PWIs, and maybe you know. <laughs> so I don't know where I was going with that, but I knew it was there was the lettering was at least correct, and uh, yeah, where they name off these wrestlers and, and people, even if they're not on the internet, they they pick up or, or come across a magazine. You like see, back you in the day, said... they go, oh yeah, that's the name. We, yeah, we, yeah. We're familiar with him, even if we don't watch a promotion or or know a whole lot about him. He, he's done enough that it's caught my attention. Well, certain friends will send me matches about certain things. So I saw AJ Styles. Uh, so AJ Styles by this point was already in WWE, I think. And then like, um, I think he just debuted and somebody sent me a match of uh, Shinsuke and AJ from the Tokyo Dome or whatever it was. And that was a brilliant match. Uh, same with uh, Jericho going to Japan and facing Kenny Omega. In a, oh, Jericho when he was so, painkiller. That's it. You yeah, talk about so. a guy that that reinvents himself. You know, much like Dustin Rhodes and, and a lot of people, regardless of promotions. I mean, Chris Jericho, give him his props. I mean, that yeah, that definitely. was some clever stuff, going doing business in in New Japan and wrestling the likes of Kenny Omega. And I, I would dare say that's probably what led to him eventually going to AEW, just because of the interaction. And they were able to sway him. And plus, you had Cody over there then, and and so many, you know, big names that were when they started all elite wrestling. So uh, it's kind of neat. We're talking Rumble because we bring up names that are not even in the company anymore, but that they deserve recognition for what they were able to contribute to the uh, WWE and this concept of a match. Yeah. Um, Raquel Rodriguez had a good pop as well. Obviously, it's her backyard. Oh, yeah. A um, Texas so, girl. Yeah, yeah. Hometown girl. And she was one of the, uh, I don't know if I would call her a sleeper just because knowing how strong and powerful she is, I thought she would do well just because Texas, like you mentioned, and just her overall presentation, we know what she brings to the table. I, w- I was ecstatic for her. Uh, I think Raquel you know, Rodriguez it, will be more dominant as a heel. I really do think that. <laughs> you may be on to something because uh, we talked about maybe Bianca needs that heel turn. Hey, yeah, yeah. I think everybody, everybody could see it or view it with uh, Raquel Rodriguez as well. Maybe she just needs that attitude, that that more vicious side that that's kind of lacking. If you recall, when she first was in NXT, she was, and she had a lot of that. But you know, I, I realize there has to be changes to the characters. But yeah, you can't I have would, all, uh, you can't have all like yeah, heels, can you? So <laughs> no, you, you can't. But I, I would like to see a change down the road. Yeah, definitely. Uh, someone else very quickly before we move on. Um, Chelsea Green. Uh, I was messaging you beforehand because uh, Zach Ryder, you know, Matt. Yeah, you been were. Messi- There's been the speculation. Yeah, yeah, possibly. He's posting kit. He's, he's showing his gear as if to say. And then he also asked on Twitter, which music do you like of mine? And I'm like, is he going to be in the Rumble? Is he going to just do a one-off or something? And then Chelsea Green uh, made an appearance in the women's, but she literally walked in and walked it out. Was the quickest. Yeah, it's been the quickest the, a little bit. The which quickest is a elimination, yeah. I'd like to have seen a bit more of what she can do, really, because I'm not... Um, I don't remember much of what she's done, or, you know, I know she's with um, uh, Matt. Is it Matt Corona, his real name? Um, yeah, Matt Cardona. Uh, yeah, who was Zach Ryder. Who was that? You're right, Zach Ryder, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, Benny, with Chelsea Green, I think it's just good for these women to, and for the men to make appearances like Elias had a quick elimination, too. Uh, it reminded me. And and Chelsea Green w- will be able to offer so much, uh, not only with her skills on the mic and, and backstage or in the ring, 
but for Rhea Ripley, it, it just you wanted to see her be dominant. Unfortunately, for the way it was booked, Chelsea Green was just in that 20th spot where yeah. she was just coming in there to say hello, and then she's out to make that grand <laughs> appearance. But, hey, sometimes for the appearance, just to be in the match – does a lot of wonders for a lot of these talents. So you have to keep that in mind. And, and a lot of times I'll forget that that's the gist of it. Hey, let's just get them out there, present them. Cause you could plug them into some creative, even on raw or a SmackDown or, or wherever you want to place them. Yeah. It makes it. I was just a little bit disappointed that she was in and then straight out, but you know, it is what it is. Well, I, guess. I, I was uh, too. Know. Cause I, I, I like watching her wrestle and with all due respect to uh, Matt Ryder, uh, well, Zach Ryder, Matt Ryder. Matt Ryder would be a great straight. name to come back to, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, Matt Ryder. There you go. Matt Ryder, everybody. Not Zach Ryder, <laughs> Matt Card- or Cardona Matt. Uh, but Chelsea Green, as I'm laughing now, that, that was uh, humorous, at least to me. Uh, yeah. I like to watch her wrestle and, uh, well, I better stay off this. I think now that you brought up that article, uh, it kind of distracted <laughs> me because, you know, when I see her, I'm, I'm distracted. So I, I'll move on. Well, she hasn't, you know, there was stuff happening on the Indies, which I'm sure most people have seen. So, you know, there we go. Oh, yeah. I, I was, uh, and I must admit, I, it caught my, even though I wasn't trying to be a creep, it was like, okay, what's this? But uh, yeah, anyway, Rhea Ripley wins the Rumble from number one, fourth person ever to do it in any, in all Rumbles. Um, the clear choice of oh i'm sorry there's me saying that i'm sorry because the countdown at the end for number 30 was a bit of a mistake because the music hit it was it was before i noticed that they had done it early and i'm like that wasn't supposed to go down like that like because you saw the clock start ticking down and the music was already playing we're like what and uh naya jacks has returned now i don't know I, i don't know whether she's back back or whether this was just a one off i have no idea we'll find out tonight on raw i assume um, yeah, we'll find not- out a lot of answers on Raw. I was happy. I, I'm going to come at it from a very unpopular perspective. I was happy for her because she can naturally get the heat anyways because she's not safe in the ring, and that is a, a legitimate concern. But I, I love the direction you can go with her. And I, mean, I liked how the 11 superstars gained up on her. And what about Rhea Ripley doing the riptide? Because yeah. who was it at first that tried to pick her up and it was unsuccessful? And and Rhea was able managed to get her up. Just shows you the power of Ripley, because I mean Nia Jax is also very powerful. And I think her and Raquel had a confrontation, yeah. which I want to see that match. Yeah, that's what we were saying. The men's Royal Rumble left a lot to be desired in a good way, a positive uh, outcome and, and way to uh, look at it from the vantage point of think of all the storylines that that'll lead to probable matches for the future that we'll be able to see. Yeah, well, I mean, in terms of Nia Jax being unsafe in the ring, I, I mean, I don't know whether other things have happened in the past. I know the Becky Lynch thing, obviously, with the, the nose yeah, and everything. Yeah, she broke her nose. But and and a, Becky Lynch, I'm, I'm sure, thanks her, because that's where the man uh, took of course, off. Yeah. That, that's where it was. Yeah, what, Survivor Series, the draft was happening. It was SmackDown's invasion of Raw. And, and yeah, Nia, that picture that was so famous where Becky showed it were – yeah, Nia Jax said, bro, and, you know, I love how they utilize social media. I mean, Becky Lynch is a prime example, and, and Nia Jax, a lot of them. Give them credit. They're, I mean, they're trying to keep some form of kayfabe. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in terms of being unsafe, I don't know whether that's true, to be honest with you. I know I, I, I don't either. I, I've only heard the rumors. That, that's why so, I just wanted to go ahead and we'll throw see. it out there, because in case I got hate mail or, or hate tweets, and uh, I'm sure I'm going to lose followers, because I'm not famous anyways, <laughs> but... 
I'm sure somebody else will go, yeah, well, she's she's hurt people. I'm like, yeah, she probably has. But here's the deal. I don't know that she's unsafe or not, but wrestling's not ballet, as a lot of people inside the business I'm not have said. Uh, it's very physical, folks, so things, unfortunately, Accidents and sadly happen. do happen. Accidents yeah. happen. Um, I mean, Goldberg's been called unsafe in the ring as well because of what happened to Brett. Um, yeah, Brett. But also, the only one that I'm aware of that had multiple incidents where you can actually look at the work and go, that's when he did that, and that's when he did that, and that's when he did that. Nia Jax, I don't know. I only know about the Becky Lynch. I've never seen anything that she's done in the ring that makes me think she is. I could be missing something. But in terms of somebody who was consistently dangerous, apparently, was Ryback. And I liked the Ryback character. I thought it was good. But again, we're only taking it by hearsay. We're only taking it by what other people say. But when people say they're dangerous in the ring, and I have no, I have no evidence to the contrary at the moment, apart from Nick, Becky Lynch's nose, <laughs> you know, which again, accidents yeah, happen. Yeah, Becky Lynch's nose. Yeah, accidents happen. We have no uh, concrete evidence. I mean, even if we were CSIs or, or working for the FBI or anybody like that, we have not found Nijax guilty. But somebody else said, and it's going to lead to the next match as we'll get to it, that somebody that was guilty because he had a trial recently, uh, but none of our uh, findings have found that that Najax has been unsafe in the ring, Benny. I think that's what we're trying to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Rhea Ripley won the Rumble. Uh, again, we picked that. We picked her. I think a lot of people did. It was the only. Yeah, everybody was selected. She was a favorite uh, thing because you could see the momentum and <laughs> the way WWE had positioned her. I, I know we talked about this at a nauseum, but we, we have to state it again. I love the finish. What would you think about that? I, I'm going to throw it back to you, but Liv Morgan, Asuka on the apron, you know, it was Rhea too, but the miss caught Liv, and, and then Liv was still fighting to her credit, and then it took that head scissors, or, or yeah, that was, well, I guess you could say leg scissors by Ripley to eliminate Liv to be the winner. I just loved everything about it, even the little nuances. Uh, there's that word again that, that wrestling has and the way it presents itself. It, it just... Uh, it was epic, man. It, it was exciting. It was fun to watch. It was a great finish, uh, the way they did it. Um, you know, you could see any one of those women, Oscar, Rhea, uh, Liv even to a degree. It just made more sense to, to be Rhea with the Judgment Day. Cause the Judgment Day is because um, the way everything's going with what happened in the main, which I'll talk about in a minute. But, you know, we got we got a few stables up and coming. They're not quite there yet, but we can... There's if what's going to happen, what I think is going to happen with, in which we'll talk about the main event in a moment, there is a possibility that one of these stables be, could become the, you know, fill that power vacuum that could eventually be there. So if, to replace the bloodline to a degree. So, but yeah, the yeah, and brilliant. Judgment, judgment day is definitely one of those that I, I think they're, they're positioning. I, I know I'm going to use that word again, but it, it's appropriate uh, with the, uh, the whole judgment day faction, and, you know, they still got the edge, and Beth Phoenix has the unfinished business as well. Still, that'll play out and unfold. Like you were stating, Elimination Chamber, we'll probably see some things happen on Raw tonight, whether we watch it tonight or, or tomorrow uh, on DVR or however it'll be. Uh, yeah, and Legato Del Fantasma is also one of those groups on SmackDown I see being another upper echelon that's already uh, just gaining so much uh, accolades and rightfully so with their talent, Vega, that whole package, Escobar, Wild, and and they've changed the guy's name so much. Uh, what is he called now? The other other member of that faction. Uh, that 
anyways, they're 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 one of those prime examples or illustrations, however, of a uh, just a great a great faction. Well, I mean, up until recently, I would have said that the uh, the brawling brutes were probably in contention for a bit, but they seem to have fallen by the wayside a little bit with the Drew. Yeah, and it Sheamus. seems to be. Yeah, it seems to be more Drew and. Uh, and Sheamus as a tag team, I don't know what happened after Survivor Series, but it doesn't look like uh, unless we just get Butch and Rich as a tag team on their own, yeah. and maybe eventually there's some kind of reunion at times. Uh, but it looks like for the tag team tournament, well, they're out now. And you talked about SmackDown. I don't mean to go back to, to that, but it reminded me that the Viking Raiders interfered, yeah. took Drew and Sheamus <laughs> out of that equation. So, uh, you know, the Imperium, I mean... Well, How I would can we say, not mention I would say, them? Well, yeah, there, there's so many. I mean, they that could yeah. be uh, eventually uh, be like the next bloodline if, if booked correctly. And I, I'm not saying they want because I have a lot of faith in in the people that are in charge of creative uh, currently. I would say before Rumble, the top three, the clearest top stable faction, whatever, is blatantly obviously the bloodline. So that's no that's no question. Sure. Um, and the other two, I would say Judgment Day and. Um, Imperium, and you could argue whether the, who, which one's second or third, but those are the top three as we before, as we approach the rumble and you know into the rumble. Uh, I did see a tweet that uh, which we, actually no, we'll talk about that first before I move on to that. Uh, the main event then, Universal Championship. Uh, the match between Roman and Kevin Owens was uh, because of what happens after, kind of gets put to the back seat, but it was a bloody good match. No, it was a great match. It, it told a uh, a fantastic story, but like you said, the ending did kind of. Uh, it was so good, it it took away, uh, not meaning to. I, I just think that was the whole point and the the way they wanted to relay it. Uh, I, I loved how Kevin Owens was, you know, started physical. He he took it to Roman Reigns early, and uh, you know there was just everything that you would want in a, a personal vendetta here between KO and, and Roman. And, uh, you know, I think they went to the outside, didn't they, Benny? At first, uh, Kevin Owens was taking the fight to the, the champion on the outside of the ring. And there was so much physicality. It was, it was brutal. It, it had a lot of uh, points that were all part of the story arc that were coming to light as they should when you've got this kind of rivalry that's got the personal yeah. issues. And uh, Owens, man, doing his pop-up powerbomb, on Reigns and then doing that that brutal swanton bomb. I mean, a lot of the uh, textbook KO offense that doesn't get old. It, it's great stuff. And even Roman Reigns, whether it's the Superman punch, the the spears, or you know, trying to get sympathy, or he's talking trash when he's got KO down. It's just, you know, all that stuff is, is all part of the overall uh, storyline pattern that sometimes I, I forget about, and uh, it just it joggles my memory back to. Uh, to that light bulb type of moment where I'm like, this, this is what it's about. This is, this is why we're invested. I, I mean, wh what were your impressions? I, I thought just, it was a very good matchup. It was a good match. Uh, KO taking multiple spears, believe it or not, which there aren't many that have yeah, kicked lot. out of yeah. those. The, the, yeah, overall, I mean, the commentators did really well with this as well, in a sense of trying to dis distinguish whether Sammy was happy that KO kicked out or, yeah, they, they, they were making you start to question Sami Zayn's allegiance, and uh, they, they did a just a magnificent job. So I'm glad you brought up about the commentators, because like we were stating earlier in the program, commentary is so essential to the storytelling, because we're all, 
you know, to be storytellers, I'm not even put myself in your position or theirs, but it, it's true. You have to be a storyteller within the story as well on commentary. Yeah, I mean, earlier in the night, uh, Roman tells Sammy, you're going to be at my side and the Usos are going to stay out, stay out back. Um, there's a bit where Roman wants Sammy to get a chair. And he said, and Sammy yes. answers back with, but you told me not to do anything. Then eventually he finds a chair. And what made me laugh was it was by uh, Paul Heyman's feet. And Paul Heyman- it was. He, he was looking everywhere. I mean, the, he was nervous because he knew this was that final test. But you're you're so correct. It was, Paul Heyman was even fussing at him like, Sammy, it's right here. Just get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So whether Sammy genuinely didn't know where the chair was, whether that was part of the show, I don't know. But it was done really well either way. Um, and eventually, um, obviously, I say obviously, it was those step moments where KO was chucked into those um, – steps twice as well oh yeah. it's so uncomfortable it was, to watch it, it was uncomfortable and unforgiving like they mentioned the rain post the still steps that's the <clears> prime <throat> point they were getting across on commentary as we as the fans were watching it whether you were there live or at your home it just uh roman Reigns showed listen it was personal i'm tired of kevin owens he is a problem so I'm going to look in his career. I'm not just happy with winning the match. I'm going to do whatever uh, it takes that, you know, whatever's necessary. So yeah. I'm going to, you know, ram his head into the stairs. And that was the beginning of the end, unfortunately, for Kevin Owens, because I'm a fan of both these guys. So I was kind of torn in a way, but you just didn't see Roman Reigns losing it. Even if they made it close, which they did, you just couldn't see the tribal chief not walking away or out of Royal Rumble, still the victor and champion. I think there was one moment in the match I thought KO had it genuinely. Um, I really did thought he. <laughs> I thought, oh, yeah, there there know. was a spot where he barely got the shoulder up, and even yeah. the commentators were doing a great job going. I think he's got him or something, or you know, something to the effect it's in. I'm paraphrasing. I, I can't remember word for word, but I'm just I'm trying to to think like they would, you know, how you sell that moment because it's yeah. like that was that was monumental because it it appeared and that's that's a great match when it looks like the. Here's the the good guy going to get his justice on the bad guy. But, you know, to no avail, to no avail, part of me, it's Roman Reigns getting the shoulder up or kicking out. It's barely at three, you know, not three, but the two and a half mark. Um, Ultimately, Reigns wins with a one. I don't know how many spears there were, maybe three or four in this match in the end. Uh, There is a cool bit. There was a cool bit with uh, KO went for the pop up powerbomb. Reigns reverses it into the Superman punch. And so it's, there were some good moments in it. Um, brutal match, though. I, I can imagine both men, a KO especially, having a lot of bruises uh, over the weekend. Yeah, they, they've got to be bruised. They, they went to war, man. It wasn't a battle. I, I think these guys went to war. Yeah. Um, this is where most people will be talking about. Uh, again, we both picked Roman to retain. So, again, we got every match right <laughs> at Rumble. Uh, so it's a draw. So, you know. It's a draw. There's no added to the score. It's still 3-0 to, uh, to Tyler, as I said earlier. Um, yeah, it, it's a draw, but uh, I've got my imaginary title around my waist or on my shoulder. You can't see me, but I'm doing the John Cena. You all right, can't John see Cena. Me, I was about to say, all right, John yeah. Cena. All right, calm down. Um, <laughs> but um, post-match, so Jay uh, Uso, the Usos come down, Sokoa and everything, and... Um, Jey Uso attempts to present uh, Zayn uh, with the Lee. I think that's how you pronounce it. So a, ceremony, a ceremonial induction into the bloodline. Reigns kind of shakes his head and says no. 
And the crowd are kind of like, really? Really? Um, and then basically Roman Reigns orders the Usos to attack Owens. They start attacking him, beating him down, hit the 1D. Um, basically, Roman is kind of stood there with Sami Zayn. It's almost like one of those movies where Roman is the, the big wig, the, you know, the godfather, whatever. It is kind of like that. I'm, it really is like a gangster yeah, it, movie. it's cinematic. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's telling a, a great story like you would uh in a movie i mean and, and roman reigns is that big chief man yeah, it's definitely. like if if you know kevin owens is messing with the, the guys from the island and i mean that in the most respectable you know respectable way if i can get my words correct i mean that that's what it looked like it appeared man roman well it was the big dog like his old gimmick and and kevin owens was at their mercy it's like you know that this is how it's going to be we're not just satisfied with uh getting the win Roman is anyways, but now as a family, as the bloodline, we're going to send a message. And that's exactly what it was. Definitely. Um, but what a guy took from it, Roman had in his arm around Sammy, not that he's forcing Sammy to watch it at this, at this point or anything like that, but it feels like, yeah, you're with me, you know, just watch this. Look at this. And Sammy is clearly uncomfortable with this because oh, he, it's one yeah, thing. he's not comfortable at all. And, I mean, you, you could tell the way they, they sold it with their emotions on their faces. And, you know, it, it's like that, that bad guy analogy, Benny, where it's like, yeah, you, you want to prove you're loyal? Then sit here and watch either take part or you can watch or, or do whatever you need to. But we're going we're gonna to leave this guy, you know, beaten up and, and laying. He's handcuffed. He can't go anywhere. And so just enjoy the show. I mean, obviously, the the history between KO and Sami Zayn is clear for anybody that's watched uh, their careers, whether it be indies or into WWE or whatever NXT. But like, it's one thing for Sami to help beat up maybe like a Sheamus or a or a Drew McIntyre because you know he doesn't, you know, he's not friends with them. KO was a friend, has been a friend, almost like a brother to Sami. It's been clear that from day one for them on the main roster, especially. Um, Correct. But even though you may not get on with your said brother, family, whatever, and you disagree and, you know, KO disagree with what Sammy's doing and Sammy's like, well, I'm doing my thing. Leave me alone. But now you're seeing somebody that you, yes, you may not see eye to eye with, but this is somebody who has been a friend for a long time. And there's, at this point, this is where the handcuffs come out and uh, they handcuff um, KO to the ropes. Yeah, KO to the ropes and Super Kick City starts happening. And then... Um, just a, again, more of a beatdown, and it's becoming more and more evident that Sammy is uncomfortable with this, and he's kind he's of starting like, to question. Yeah, and even to the point where, if you look at him and look, look, watch back on this, guys, he's doing moments of like gestures of like he's putting his hand out as if to say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, you just stay back, just stay back." Now, I think that's enough. But he's kind of like trying to do that, but not upset anybody within the bloodline at this point. Um, and this is where a chair gets handed to Roman. Uh, or Roman picks a chair up. I can't remember who, whether he gets somebody hands it to him or whatever. But um, and it's uh, he's a he's sort of spouting off like, "This is my family. You leave Sammy alone." And basically, like all this stuff, you can't. Some of it's audible and some of it's not. And it looks like Roman is right. about to like smash his chair into KO, and it's built. This tension is building. It is. You can see it. You can feel. It, you can hear it within the crowd, as well. Um, and Sammy steps in front of Roman. So if we can equate the chair to a gun in said gangster film, 
Sammy stands in front of Chaos and says, look, he's down, he's enough, he's handcuffed, he's unconscious. You don't need to do this, Roman. This is beneath you. So he's trying, Sammy's trying to do it in a way like, you don't need to, this is beneath you. And as soon as he said those words, beneath you, Tyler, I'm like, mm-hmm. Roman is going to hand this chair to Sammy now and make him do it. And I could, I, that's the only thing I foresaw in this moment. And that's what he did. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, you were prophetic in that sense because, uh, man, the crowd was filling it out and, and like the gangster film, I like how you brought up like the Godfather and those. It, it was like Sammy was, uh, you know, going to be his own man. And he, you know, as much fun as he had with being a bloodline member of the honorary Uso or and everything, and they them calling him Sammy Uso. You know, he he saw his friend, uh, even though KO had betrayed Sammy before, and Sammy to, to Kevin Owens. He had finally had a conscience and, and, you know, had felt remorse for Kevin Owens and something that the bloodline did not have or possess in storyline, at least. And uh, well, it especially, showed. especially and Roman, got... especially Roman. I would say the worst few out of oh, yeah. for me, Roman, even poor Heyman to a degree and Solo Sokoa. I mean, we'll get into the other bits in a minute, but like those are the ones to me were very much like this is what we need to do right now. And nobody's, yeah, gonna, they... you know. They, they had no regrets. They, they were going to be in, you know, they were like, we're doing this. I mean, we're, we're going to beat this guy till he, he can't stand. Obviously he's handcuffed already the ropes. He's not standing anyways, but we're going to annihilate this guy, meaning Kevin Owens and, and Sammy, you're so correct. He was, uh, you can tell by the expressions on his face and like his mannerisms, he was like, no, no, we're not enough's enough, you know, mm-hmm. with, you know, an old homage to one heart, but it's true. And you know, enough is enough. And, uh, He's like, we're not doing it, so I, I'll let you take it away. But uh, just reliving it, you know, I, I, this is worth like the trial. Like you, you, you and Sal were talking about for Raw Thirty. It's just uh, this is worth going back to watching just the segment. I mean, watch the match too, and watch this show. But if you're asking me what what made it, it was this whole uh, probably easily one of the greatest storylines I think I've seen at least. You know, as far as what I'm, you know, I've been able to witness uh, concerning wrestling in a long time has been the Bloodline Saga. Yeah, and that, um, you know, that I will talk about in a moment. Um, ultimately, uh, Roman hands the chair to Sammy, uh, basically orders Sammy, do you do it? Keep saying, like, take the shot. There's a moment where Roman turns around and Sammy's holding the chair. The crowd start to swell and start almost, almost pop. But it, nothing happens. And then Roman comes back and, like, you know, I love you. But he goes, he's he's contradicted himself because the woman he's saying he loves Sammy the next minute he's saying we own you which I'm sure didn't go down well and again I'm only picking up moments of this because it's not all of this is audible but um and then Roman gets really annoyed the fact that Sammy hasn't done it yet and even to the point where he pushes Sammy in the face once then twice and I think a third time as well by the third time Sammy's actually in Roman's face but almost turns away like oh crap I can't do that this is the tribal chief so he kind of goes stop he's almost like pissed that he's being pushed mm-hmm. but then turns away and how much more can you, can you take as a person yeah. even if you respect somebody and and you've been loyal you've you've proven your loyalty even though Heyman has tried to uh say he's guilty now now you've got a, a guy you know just begging for you to hit him and maybe that was all part of this test when you, you uh, analyze it. And, 
you know, Roman, you brought up a, a fascinating point, Benny, is that he was conflicted. He, he, you know, one, one time he's saying, I, I love you, man. I appreciate you. The next he he's annoyed with him. He's frustrated, even angered by him. So, you know, it's even the stories within the stories when you stop and examine it that are even more compelling. Well, we've seen his frustration with Sammy over the last month, haven't we? Or a few, three, four weeks, three well, weeks. Well, so. to be fair, we have. So, you know, it's interesting. Um, yeah, if things hadn't gone the way they have gone, I just don't think Sammy could be a part of beating up his former best friend. As much as they don't agree, this is too far for Sammy. What I so There's still a loyalty. Yeah. yeah, to a degree. You know, he wanted to be part of the bloodline and part of that family and stuff, which I think he had done more than enough to prove himself up to this point. But, um, you know, the well, they say the inevitable happens. It does happen. Sammy smashes Roman in the back with a chair. The crowd... I think some of its cheers and some of its shock. I don't. The pop is loud. Put it this way, uh, like very loud. If you go back and listen yeah, to it again, yeah, it was thunderous. I'll take the word that Michael Cole would use thunderous, during the yeah, broadcast. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, what's interesting with this is that Sammy throws the chair away, doesn't apologize to Paul, to Jimmy, to Sokoa. He turns to Jay and says, "I'm sorry." And Jay is visibly upset. Very. Annoyed, anger. I don't know what yeah, he's disgusted. He, he's, but I don't. I don't know if disgusted is the right word. It's just he's upset with Sammy. Yeah. But what's interesting with this? They all start. Jimmy starts shouting at Jay Sokoa. So does Roman eventually when he gets back up, and they say, "Get him!" They start putting a beat down on Sammy. Not even like I thought. Uh, I don't. I think KO probably had it slightly worse, but this was a beat down. Sokoa pushing oh, Jimmy yeah. off to hit the spike. And basically, absolutely destroys Sammy. Rips the shirt off. The crowd are not liking this at all. Jey Uso looks like the angst he looks in distraught. him. Yeah, it's, it's I don't. Yeah, destroy is a good word. Um, and then rolls out the ring and doesn't uh, get involved with it. There was a tweet out uh, or something out earlier saying apparently that Jay says he's just put uh, I'm out and put the blood symbol on there. So we'll see again. We'll see what happens on Raw tonight. But um, yeah, I, I did hear about that, and that, that's interesting. Yeah, we'll we'll find out more on Raw. And well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I, I know we we need to finish this out, but I, uh, an idea came to my mind when I I saw the way it ended with Jay, and and now him confirming this on social media. Actually, maybe there's a few ideas. So I'll save that for when we finish this up. Yeah, no problem. I mean, all I'm uh, we are pretty much done with that. It was a great segment. Oh, um, right. yeah, I can't it, it wait. was fantastic. I can't yeah. wait to see what happens next. A lot of people are like, oh, yeah, you know, the bloodline, the, this story with Sami Zayn's been going on months. Let's look at this logically. Let's look at the whole bloodline thing. Yes, this is about Sami right now. But I said something a few weeks ago on the show, more than a few weeks ago, that maybe Jay, okay, it's gone differently to what I imagined, but maybe Jay leaves the group. Because this all started with Roman and Jay, didn't it? Back in the pandemic yeah, era. Yeah, it did. And see, that's what I'm thinking. That's that's what I was gonna mention. You know, as far as the ideas, I I think we're we're both on the same wavelength. Yeah. That maybe Jay leaves, he feuds with Roman and joins Sammy and and KO, and we we get a split from uh, the use of the bloodline. Of course, the only thing is they're still tag team champions right now. So I don't know if if you know that's the only dilemma. But evidently, we're, we're seeing maybe a tease of a 
a possible... Well, maybe Jay will be there for Jimmy because it's his brother and Sokoa maybe to a degree, depending on what lines are drawn now, you know? But, um, yeah. I mean, I, pro- I don't know whether it's going to happen, but I was like, maybe Jay disappears for a bit and maybe, you know, we're your family, we're your family. Jay could say something along the lines of, oh, you know, you're not my only family. If you smell, and then, you know, Rock comes out. Oh, with yeah, the, you yeah, know. get the Rock, yeah. Yeah, because possibly. They're, they're... They're legitimate family. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of wrestling fans, even non-wrestling fans, uh, know this. And uh, you, you talk about getting a reaction and being a, a shock and awe and surprise moment. That would uh, be riveting uh, not only premium live events, but if you carry that on to a Raw or SmackDown or, or however you want to look at it, uh, that that would be epic, man. And I know I use that word, but it's true. It, it would be you know, uh, you have to use a bigger word because you're talking about the rock. Come on. Yeah. A fan put online, and I like kind of like the idea of this, and I understand where he's coming from. And I should have made a note of his name, but it's uh, unfortunately I haven't. But basically, because of the way Jay was kind of indoctrinated into helping Roman, manipulated, whatever, and the only reason he quit in Hal Nassau, I think it was, was because yeah, Jimmy. Roman had Jimmy. Yeah, I think. So... And then Jimmy obviously joined not long after, which is when started this whole bloodline. So, yes, it's about Sammy at the moment, and it's part of it, and it always will be, and it's a bloody great story. But it's also about Jay as well. It's one of the best. It is. It's about Jay, yeah. And to me, he's kind of got overshadowed a little bit. It's no fault of the booking. It's because Sammy Zayn's that, that good. And Kevin Owens and what they've been able to do, even without Owens' involvement, and like at Survivor Series. But... Even with Sammy and Jay's story, I mean, all, all these moving parts. And then with Jimmy, I, I love how you can kind of do backward booking, too. And it, you can still do it futuristically because, you know, we could go back to Jay and Roman. We could still have Sammy and and, and I think Kevin Owens because that kind of finish, he, they're still going to be unfinished uh, scores to settle for yeah. sure after taking that kind of beat down, that annihilation, if you will. And uh, to see what Solo or Jimmy's going to do, and then you can't forget about Paul Heyman, the uh, course, the wise yeah. man, special. So what he's always conniving and and looking for ways to, uh, you know, motivate the bloodline, and and you know Roman will listen. He's got his ear. So I, I just love it. It is like you know you need to cast Al Pacino or Robert De Niro or one of these guys that were famous in the Scorsese films or you know a Marlon Brando, and it. But you've got them as as wrestlers. You know, it's yeah. just. It's great because wrestling does have storytelling. Uh, and and I, I admitted uh, before when we talked earlier that I didn't come to that real, realization till, uh, till much later when I started catching on to that, that whole process. Yeah. I mean, the visual of Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens in the ring with the flowers, you put black and white over that and the flowers are in color. You've got like a noir, noir type film ending there. You know, yeah, so. you, you could you could see, uh, you know, what was it like, Kirk Douglas? Some of the even the older actors, a Robert Mitchum film where they were the private eye or detectives, even if it's not a gangster film, but it involved the mob. I mean, yeah, yeah. kind of, yeah, it's got that that uh, that visual that I, I think would be so cool. And, and I'm sure if they do the video editing, they they could easily do that. Yeah, I'm sure. I, could... I would be very surprised if that wasn't left in black and white with the flowers being red. I, I would be very surprised, but. We've got two different stories really here with Sammy kind of, I mean, Zane's allegiance to the bloodline was, as far as I'm concerned, was genuine. 
but obviously Reigns had just pushed Zayn too far with the you know destroying his former best friend, saying no, and basically sold if you don't do this. Well, so he, he's kind of got into a corner of like, well, if I don't do this, they're going to beat me up, but I can't do what they're asking me to do, so I'm going to fire yeah, my shot. Yeah, but morally, he he felt like he needed to uh, to stop everything and and actually save Kevin Owens because, like you you mentioned, there's that real life friendship, the, there's the history, and he's like. You know, I, I and what do I have to do to prove myself to 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 you, Roman? I mean, I, I'm kind of you know seeing it from his side of things, and, how- and all sides really. And then you know, Jay Uso, he's like, we finally accept this this man, and and then Roman, you and and my brothers are going to have to do this. I mean, even though I love you now, I'm conflicted. I mean, it, it, he's getting flashbacks to what happened to him in Hell in a Cell. So I think that's what there, was happening there. I think he was almost yeah, waking up from what actually Roman has made him do. And he's now he's right. seeing it with I mean, Sammy jumping through hoops. But also I was It's all s- coming together. Yeah, but also Sammy sees KO. Yes, he doesn't get on with him, doesn't agree with him, blah blah blah. But he sees him almost like a brother. And Jay had finally accepted Sammy. So now we've seen Sammy step in the way of his brother from being beat down to then also fight, you know, hit Roman with the chair. But now but you notice Sammy, like I said earlier, threw the chair away. But now we're seeing Jay almost seeing a brother being beat down by his real, you know, his genuine family, in a sense, that way. So, at what point do I do something wrong and they start beating me down for not doing what they want me to do, what they have told me to do? If I then turn around and say I'm not going to do it, are they going to beat him down as well? There's a lot of yeah, stuff yeah, to what, analyze here. What's really. the stop from yeah turning on him? Because even if you're you're blood or not, uh, you know, you don't get in the way of Roman Reigns or Which what is the, basically the overall what's objective. Yeah, yeah. So. There's so much in that alone, isn't there? Without looking at any else from the Rumble. Yeah, there's, just there's as... so much to unpack. Yeah, <laughs> even as much as we love the Rumble, just this storyline, it, it's that's one of those storylines that, don't get me wrong, with all due respect to even WWE storylines, AEW, New Japan, whoever, Impact, there's not many, not at all. I, I think it's safe to say this has been the number one storyline for a reason because it just it captivates you it, it's like watching a movie it's it's like you know it's just involving wrestling and and when you can pull that off you're doing something uh, tremendously right because it just it's got everybody talking it's it's got you wanting to watch whether it's segments even if they don't watch the show they're tuning in for that that part of it alone. And, and that's a testament to the creative and, and how they continued it, how maybe they tweaked it, how the changes they've had to do, maybe it's organically, how it's, it's got altered. It's just, this has just been one of the, the best, if not greatest storylines that I, that we, I think we haven't seen in a long, long time. I mean, I, I'm just going to at least speak for me. No, I agree. And uh, to be honest with you, it isn't over, is it either? We still got a lot. There's still stuff no, going it, there, there's still other chapters. It's like if you want a sequel, a trilogy, maybe a fourth movie, you're going to get that possibly. How it all pans out, I mean, there's theories of the... Because with Jay walking out at the moment right now, and obviously Raw's tonight, like we said, but um, him walking out, what does that mean for the tag team titles? Um, do they get vacated maybe? Possibly. Um, the other it, one... It could happen. We could still... We're still, as it stands right now, Cody versus Roman... Um, yeah. but there's also, and I've, I've been saying this for a while, there could be, I think there could be a triple threat involved to a degree. Um, like I said, Cody could possibly win 
the WWE title and then the match carries on and Roman maybe retains the the universal title, goes back to SmackDown and then maybe that that could lead into um a possible uh Jey Uso feud again. I don't know. Yeah, Jey Uso. There's and so I many ways this could go. Eventually Sami Zayn could be a challenger. Well, that's what I mean. I think I, you could, if they don't give um, Sammy at least a, and I mean, maybe you do them on separate nights as well, but at least the tag team titles with KO to, to dethrone them. But now again, because now Jay is walked well, out, how does that work? So it's going to be hard. Yeah, but there, I, there's so many scenarios. Of course, but what I mean is it's, it, there. there is a precedent here that European title and the Intercontinental Championship was decided in a triple threat where the first four was for the European title and the second four was for the Intercontinental title. So we could, you know, in a way, have Sammy become a member in this one-on-one match and making it a triple threat and maybe both titles on the line. So one's for the WWE Championship or maybe the first is for the Universal and the second's for the WWE. I don't know. So Cody can have his moment. It's it's interesting. Yeah, and I'm hearing you out. You know what it's making me, Benny? I'm like you and the rest of us. I'm excited to see what happens. Basically, next. yeah, that's the best. Well, that's the best way of looking at it right now. Until we see Raw tonight, we might well be edged a bit more in terms of what the story's doing, what's going to happen, what the fallout is from Rumble. Um, before we go, then Tyler, I mean, overall the show, I think, I mean, personally, yeah, right, the pitchback match could have been a lot better. I think it did what it needed to do in a sense of the story. The match could have been better. The concept needs tweaking. But overall, the overall show, I thought, was actually really good. Yeah, I thought it was overall a very solid show, meaning very good. And uh, if nothing else, the the Rumble matches, uh, along with the main event and that storyline, was was definitely the better, uh, with all due respect to the pitch black match and even the women's championship match. And I'm a big fan of both those ladies and and everyone involved, really. It's just... uh, that's what sold me, but you know, it was, it was another fun show and, and fun ride for, for us fans. And everybody we picked to win one as well. So <laughs> there is that. So as well. that, that, that makes it even better that we are picks actually were the ones that won. So that, that makes me even more excited. Yeah. I mean, like again, the bloodline stuff is going to be interesting. We've got edge back as well. We've got a few new faces returned. We got, uh, Oscar back. So there's hopefully the women's division. I think the women's division on both brands needs a kick up the ass. Uh, it, it does. And, and this should help it with Oscar returning. And if we get more NXT call-ups, cause now they're recruiting more for NXT. So they're just waiting for some of those stars. Roxanne Perez. Uh, I'll tell you, I see her doing some big things. Once she's on the main roster, she's already an NXT women's champion and yeah. the toxic attraction. What's left of them are doing some just wonderful things. And I don't get to watch NXT, but you know, through social media and kind of following and the profiles and, and learning Chelsea Green coming back, Jax, and then Rhea, the way she's doing Raquel at Liv Morgan. There, there's so much, man. Then Charlotte, don't forget her and DeVille. And then if Rhonda comes back, there's still a lot of what ifs that are left to be answered. So I, I'm yeah, with definitely. you, man. The women's division is it's got talent, but they and, and even depth, but they just need some of the missing pieces. And I, I feel like they're on their way now with Royal Rumble, with the returns, people coming back that were a part of the company at one time, et cetera. Be interesting to see who Rhea picks, whether she stays on Raw, whether it's SmackDown or whatever she's going to do. Um, that's going to be interesting to see 
who she I assume Bianca, but obviously there is well, that there is that loophole. You know, there is that loophole but, to go to SmackDown. So there there is, thanks to winning the Rumble. She can choose whoever she wants to face. And I would love to see her and Bianca. They they actually, I think, had a match in NXT. And if you remember, Benny, when it was the WrestleMania without the fans when the pandemic first hit in 2020. Rhea had the, the match where Charlotte had actually went back down and won the NXT title, I believe it was, or, or maybe Rhea was the NXT champion. I, I can't recall, but then, but to get a rematch with her and Charlotte would also be uh, quite, you know, enticing and, and Bianca, either way, you can't go wrong. So I, I'm just, yeah. I'm like you and everybody else. I, I can't wait to see who she picks. We, we all know Cody, you know, with rain reigns, part of me being the, you know, having both the belts and being the overall champion, that was a, a given. So I'm looking forward to that one as well. And, and, and more of the stories that are going to continue to be told and get unfolded, uh, on raw and then SmackDown and NXT and for all the brands. And, and it's just a fun time to be a wrestling fan. It's just, it's really th- this time of year. It's, I equate it to, uh, the major league baseball postseason or the NFL postseason. you know, all the playoffs, uh, in a nutshell, it's kind of like the uh, WWE wrestling playoffs. Yeah, definitely. Uh, WrestleMania season uh, in full swing now. Uh, where before we go, mate? Where can we find you on the old Twitter and the socials? And you know, what else are you up to, mate? Uh, well, you can find me on uh, Twitter on social media at Dustin Teller eighty six. I appreciate a follow and like there, but I'm not gonna. You know, hate on you if you, you don't <laughs> follow me. I'm not that kind of person, so I, I don't take it that personally. I'm also affiliated with WrestleBuddy.com. Also have done some work for GeekBuddy.com. Both are great websites. Appreciate that that whole staff over there for what they do. Also, the Rewind Wrestling Radio Podcast. Got to give them a shout-out. They were one of my first-ever podcasts. They do amazing things, review a lot of the similar uh, wrestling-related stuff as well and news. Then also standing strong with Waylon Myers is non-wrestling, even though he is a wrestling fan. We talk about a lot of the mental challenges and, and just try to provide some positivity in a world that where we need it, quite frankly. And then, of course, the Uncensored Wrestling Podcast. Well, we recap the Attitude Years era. I, I have done prediction shows for Royal Rumble for them, too. Uh, I'll do some current shows, but we, we kind of go back in time. So it's still wrestling, but it changes it up. Also back when with Scottish Danny, also a part of the SJP media or world media, part of me, let me get that correct network. And of course in the corner with the, the great Benny <laughs> Mac on the SJP world media network. And uh, I hope I got everybody in. And so forgive me if I didn't, I didn't mean it personally. It's just, there's so much uh, to remember. And I told you, I can't remember what I ate yesterday. I can't even remember. It's now 2.10 p.m. here in the States. So there you go. There you go. Time for food. Uh, well, you follow myself at Benny Mac B, Triple M-Y-M-A-C-K on Twitter. Obviously, you can give this show a follow at In The Corner WWE on Twitter and also follow the network at SJP Royal Media. And this has been In The Corner with Benny and Tyler. Tyler, uh, always great chance here. Uh, definitely had oh, to... Bit, bit- stick some Royal Rumble yeah. in there because we were so keen to talk about it really and there's still much more we could have talked about but we are running out of time mate but we will be back on Wednesday talking some Raw uh, Raw tonight I think Tyler is going to be very talented yeah I look forward to it yeah I, I, I was just going to add hey it's it's always a blast to join you Benny and uh, I'm excited for Raw I'm excited to rejoin you on Wednesday and discuss it and Royal Rumble was a fun show I just had a uh, just wonderful time also reviewing it with you And uh, yeah, can't wait to talk more with you. 
Thank you very much, buddy. And we'll see the rest of you here on SJP World Media on Wednesday for the customary Raw Show. See you soon.